this verse. And welcome back to another episode of Norwestern Whispers. I am your host, Nate Whisper, and my lovely co-host, Amy Whisper. So, Amy, did you have a good week in this? Yes. Yes? A good weekend or weeks? Weekend, week. Since the last episode? Yes. Uh, fairly so, yeah. Very good. Anything interesting happened to you? Uh, not, not of a supernatural style. <laughs> so, that whisper I heard in my ear, I figured it where it was. It was from outdoors. Oh. Because the same thing happened to me. So, so what I thought was a whisper in my ear turned out to be a dud. I have yet to experience something oh, well. of that nature. Okay. It's sad, but I have to be honest. <laughs> it happened to me again while doing dishes. So, oh, so it's just from outside? It has, Yeah, it was outside. Okay. Well, that's okay. What do we have this week? What What can we expect this week? For episode three? Episode three. That's two more than zero plus one. If my math is right, yes, that makes sense. A lot of eye rolling in the audience. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. The The audience of six whole people. Hi, people. Hi, people. We can count you on two hands. But we appreciate your... Your... Patronage. Patronage and your support, mainly. <laughs> Without you, we would... Uh, have zero listens. Have zero listens. And that listens. would be embarrassing. Well, it's a start. You know, a lot of big podcasters don't have a million people to start. No. Well, the cool thing is that we're starting to expand onto other podcasting hosts. So we use Buzzsprout is our main host and so far they've been awesome uh but we are expanding into itunes and oh i don't know a whole bunch uh stitcher spotify but we're still working out the kinks for spotify because it it's kind of it still isn't working and we're not sure why we're, we're working out the kink and if anyone we'll knows leave a little why, bit of kink in there though. please tell us oh it's always good to have a little kink eh, eh, eh. Eh. <laughs> sorry mom <laughs> one of our six listeners sorry <laughs> sorry sorry back to episode three episode three so it is our third episode and we are excited we have a lot more episodes planned we might have some guests guests coming in to talk about their paranormal activity but nothing has been scheduled quite yet but it's in the pipe pipe works right attempting attempting so what are you doing today so I'm doing the, the Todd House in Vancouver Island. Todd or Todd? Todd. Todd. Like the T O double D. No, uh, I think it's only one D. T O D House. Like time of death. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like... Sorry, that took me a second. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Todd House in well, Vancouver Island. Creepy. It is one of the oldest buildings in Vancouver. And or Western Canada. Hmm. And it's still it's still standing till today. I've never been to Vancouver. I actually kind of want to go. There's a lot cooler, like a friend of mine that suggested this to me. Um, she said there's a lot of cool hauntings in Vancouver Island alone. So I'm I'm almost tempted to take her up on the offer and just come out and just do a ghost walk with her. And yourself? 
Uh, I'm doing a place in Ontario. What? Ontario? The other side of the country? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope it's not the one I'm going to do next week. Well, I've already done it, so if it is, it sucks for you. I'm doing the Hermitage. Okay, good. Okay, good. Uh, it's the Hermitage. It's in Ancaster, Ontario. And I don't. I visited there. It's one of my earliest ghostly loves. Like, honestly, I spent so much time there as a kid and then as a teenager. And then I've even been back there a couple times as a young adult. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not that young anymore. So not, not as a young adult, I guess. <laughs> You're still a young adult people but disagree i've been back there a couple times and it's awesome it's i don't know it's just one of those places you know it's okay near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. i can't wait to hear it awesome i can't and, wait to hear yours and- actually yours sounds really cool because i don't know about it so the hermitage is like hermit you know like a hermit mm-hmm. i'm not sure what exactly the hermitage how they got their name i think that would be an interesting thing to see because it's Definitely not a place for hermits. I mean, really, it was full of bustling parties and things back in the day. There's been lots of people living there, I guess, just recently. I don't know. There's a lot of other names I could think to call it, and that wasn't it. What would you call it? If you if you were to name it. Any of the multiple people who've owned it would be a good name. I'll accept it. <laughs> it's a, It's a park now. So, okay, so it's at, uh, it's on a, a road called Sulphur Springs Road, and it's literally called Sulphur Springs because the spring is a sulphur spring. And you can smell the sulphur. Pretty, yeah, pretty consistently you can smell it. Oh, yeah. And you can see it because it's got yellow in the riverbank. Yes. So it, you can tell where the sulphur is, is stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worse in the summer. It smells more in the summer. I think that's probably the worst time when it smells is in the summertime it's really really obvious then in the winter i mean it's cold so smell doesn't really travel as much but i think you're more worried about how cold it is than the smell yeah yeah you can't smell anything because your nose is frozen off anyway (laughs) Uh, or are covered in a balaclava it's just like yeah i can't smell anything other than my bad breath exactly exactly nope that's my issue all the time and i mean it's it's close to hamilton ontario which is like a steel city so it kind of smells like gross anyway (laughs) it's not exactly a fresh smelling place it's a breath of fresh air within a big developed area i mean ancaster used to be you know this quaint little town but it's grown it's humongous now and it's just full just keep going going, yeah. yeah so um it used to be kind of a nice quaint little place and it was just kind of a nice historical area and it's it's not it's grown since then so i don't know maybe i just have a romanticized notion from my childhood but could be it yeah it was a nice little getaway for you i guess you and your family um, or even you by yourself like you, yeah like and friends older. and stuff i think everybody takes their friends at some point in time and goes and hangs out there to like look for ghosts and stuff it's just a thing that you do it's kind of like i don't know the screaming tunnel or any oh, of those places yeah the screaming lover's tunnels. lane or albion falls at the lover's leap there yes like any of those places it's the same thing you and your friends go and you try to see if you can find a ghost and nobody ever does but we know it's there yeah. well the screaming tunnels that one is vaguely into a ghost uh I, well I, so is the hermitage though okay do you not know the hermitage story no i don't actually i I, we, that's awesome you and i have gone to the hermitage a few times when we lived back in mm-hmm. hamilton and 
I didn't realize it was haunted. Yeah. Okay. So right. this is all why right, I'm kind right, of right, blown. Right. My, my mind is blown. All right. Let me get into this. Please do. All right. So it is in the Dundas Valley Conservation Area now, but it originally it wasn't. Originally it was owned by people. Um, it's currently maintained by the Hamilton Conservation Authority. So they're the guys that go and like clean the trails and stuff and make sure that there's no, you know, trees falling down that'll kill people, you know, widowmaker trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally the building was built in 1830 by a Reverend George Sheed. Um, it was just a small house at that time. It wasn't what it is now. He made a small one made of wood. It's not in the exact same spot as it was prior. Um, but eventually, um, uh, Colonel Otto Ives who owned the land after him, basically, um, as the third owner, he was an English officer and he immigrated into Canada uh, he brought with him a female named Magdalene Diamanti, who was a Grecian from Corfu in 1824. And then they moved out to Ancaster. He kind of, you know, dragged her in a, the freezing cold Canada from the beautiful, beautiful area that is Greece. That heartless butthole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he brought with him a, or she brought, uh, sorry, Magdalene brought with her a sister or a cousin. The story kind of changes. Um... So, like, realistically, can you imagine being like, hey, hey, sis, you want to swing on over to Ancaster? I hear it's beautiful. How about those winters? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We don't really know what the name of the sister or the cousin is. So at this point, I'm just going to call her sister cousin. (laughs) Works with me. All right. Um, So Otto Ives built, uh, sorry, bought the hermitage from Sheed's children because Reverend Sheed had uh, since then kind of moved on and uh eventually he uh hired a bunch of people built this humongous beautiful stone um building and so the legend goes that auto wives had Mm. hired a um a like a barn keeper like he was kind of a a worker he took care of the farm worker yeah um and he drove the coach so Farmhouse. they're they're kind of called a coachman oh coachman okay yeah. yeah so he had this young coachman the coachman's name was william black black was of low standing he was coachman he he didn't really have money and he certainly wasn't a colonel from england mm-hmm. so he fell in love with the daughter slash cousin slash sister like there's a bunch of different possibilities that this woman was but in in any case Mr. Our Colonel Otto Ives had control over what she did with her life and could decide who she spoke with. Sure. Um, but so Black fell in love with her. Okay. Okay. And she loved him. Good. So Black finally came back and asked for permission to have her hand in marriage. And we can all see where this is going to go. I've kind of alluded to it already yet. Um, because he had to ask the caregiver. So he had to ask. Otto As Ives. you do. Yeah. And now she, let me just clarify that her background was she was directly related to a governor of an island of Aegean descent. Okay. In Greece. So that's way higher than a coachman's position. That's like close to think like almost like a lady. Right. Like, right. Like she's much higher up in position than Ives or than, um, uh, uh black was black was yeah obviously i've said no <laughs> and that was kind of the end of that so everybody thought so mostly like a romeo and juliet story 
No. Well, no, because there was no stupidity. (laughs) Not really. Kind of. But, you know, the female came out on top in this one. So unlike Romeo and Juliet. Um, The next morning, uh, Ives and his family were supposed to be leaving for a meeting in Old Ancaster, which is at the time was probably just Ancaster. But it was quite a it's quite a bit of ways away so they're you know waiting for the the coachman to pull up with the horses mm-hmm. um and they waited and mm-hmm. they waited and they waited and no coach so obviously auto wives got kind of irritated that his coachman wasn't working and was probably sleeping somewhere in in the barn so he wandered down to find black in the barn um and looked along you know the usual other places of the laundry house and the kitchens and stuff and eventually got to the barn where the horses were still not even put away There, he found Black dangling from the barn's rafters. Now, some stories, that's that's the main story that I know. Some stories have additional information saying that the only thing that he could cut him down into to carry his body was a manure cart. And then, because, of course, you don't bury people who commit suicide in a churchyard, he was buried underneath a tree in the property and just dumped unceremoniously beneath the tree where he was dumped into a hole and let to rot. So there's other kind of legends on this, though, because the story that I also heard growing up was he loved the girl, but she had spurned him and his love. And then he had hung himself in the yard by a tree by the house because he loved her so much. He was kind of making a point. Like, this is how much I love you. I'll yeah. kill myself. Uh, either way, he Which was cut help down and buried anyone. on the property. doesn't help anything. Uh, no, nobody's Just happy. Just move on, man. It was <laughs> kind of vengeful, right? So some stories also say that he was buried at a crossroads of Lover's Lane and Sulphur Springs Road. Both of those are roads, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there's Lover's Lane Road and Sulphur Springs Road. Was it named after him? The Lover's, Lover's Lane? Lane? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know Lover's Lane has been there like forever as long as I've known. Hmm. Lover's Lane has always been Lover's Lane. It's actually a really pretty area. That area, like the houses are gorgeous. I think I remember that area and it you're, you're not wrong. It is pretty nice i was always like man i'd love to live in one of these houses then i moved to manitoba do you think it could have been like maybe um that it was named after him in the long run like i mean it it could have been like it could have been like third road ancaster and then they switched it to lover's lane because that's where he was buried possibly i mean the stories have been around for a long time i would presume probably even longer than those roads have been around Hmm. so maybe they did name it after them and i mean sulfur springs is pretty explanatory yes um, but they say that sometimes if you go to that crossroads of Lover's Lane and Sulphur Springs, which is not at the Hermitage, it's actually away from the Hermitage, that you can still hear him crying for his lover that he misses in death. And it's kind of by an old willow tree, and willow trees always seem to have ghostly happenstances. Yeah, it's, it's, I wonder if there's some lore about that that I don't know. There's always it's willow, always a willow tree nearby something. Yeah. Willows only really grow near water, so maybe it has to do with the water because water is supposed to be more conducive to spirits, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, after that, in 1853, Leith and Ferrier bought a house where the stone home buildings and other staff farmhouse barns and a lodge were built. So, way more houses, way more buildings than were already there. One of their children. Eleanor Alma Dick Lauder. She has a whole bunch of names. No kidding. Um, she was the daughter of 
Mrs. Ferrier. Um, they bought the house after the mother passed, and she lived in the ruins after 1934 until 1942. Because in 1934, a huge fire demolished the home. Oh, yeah, fires. So the Ives had built a house, but it wasn't as extensively large as the next house was. Okay. In 1934, a huge fire demolished the home. Um, but prior, like, I mean, prior to that, you had... A bunch of people who had a whole lot of money. There were parties all the time. There was everybody knew where this house was. It was super popular. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people coming and going. After the party house of the the century. After Ms. Lauder, yes, the party house of the century. It might still be. After Ms. Lauder took it over, um, she was kind of she was kind of an odd duckling. And I don't want to be rude because there she never did anything wrong. So but, why why was she odd? she was very um like in uh what's the word like she only liked being by herself introverted introverted yes thank you she was very introverted she kept a lot of animals like cats and chickens and she stayed by herself in this i already know a few of those people (laughs) i have some friends like that exactly um and then here's where the weird thing was i mean she might have just loved the house so much she never wanted to leave it but in 1934, when the fire demolished the home, it it was demolished entirely. Like it was basically the, the outside walls that were made of stone and the limestone still remaining that you can still see today. Mm-hmm. You can still see those ruins today. Those are the ruins that we still see today. Um, all those, the, mm-hmm. the stone that remains. Yes. Um, although the ruins have been kind of fixed up by now. But... Um, she lived there in a tent for several years. A tent. Okay, a tent in southern Ontario where, let me tell you, the snow is not like the prairie snow. The snow in southern Ontario is heavy and wet. And it's always cold. Like, you can't get the cold out of your bones when you're in Ontario. Like, the prairies, you walk out of the wind, the cold goes away. You're like, whew, that was chilly. In this, Ontario, it gets to your bones. With you, yes. Yeah, it. I don't. That's what they say when they say it gets to your bones. And living in Ontario, I didn't know what that meant until I came to Manitoba, and I was like, "Wow, the cold is a different cold here. <laughs> like it's cold, it'll freeze your face off. Yes. But Ontario, that it cold doesn't leave. Yeah, it's just there. So, um, basically, so Mrs. Dick Lauder. She was an eclectic writer for The Spectator, the Hamilton Spec. She no wrote. Kidding. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She wrote for that. Uh, she wrote a lot about history. She was very big into history. And she never really had married. So I guess she's not Mrs. She's just Ms. Lauder. Yep, Ms. Um, she d- died in 1942. So she lived in the remains of that house until she died. Um, after a while of living there in a tent, her friends came along and built her a little bit of a house inside of the house in the ruins because she refused to to vacate the premises so a tent into a bigger tent yeah basically like a shack they a just shack. built her a shack where she lived until the end of her days oh man this woman yeah she, that's Poor what i mean lady i swear she's got to be an aquarius she's just so out there she has to be an aquarius she's out there but very introverted okay that's what an aquarius is read it up on it i tell you i don't know what her birthday actually is but i'm telling you all of her behaviors make me feel like she's an aquarius (laughs) it just trust me um so there's some other stuff that kind of will add to the cool stories 
so when I was growing up, there was a lot of like stories about dark rites being performed in an old well that was from the house on the grounds. Dark rites. Dark rites. Okay. Like, like cultic rites. Oh. There were animal sacrifices. What? People supposed to have summoned otherworldly creatures there and devil worship because you can't do much in a forest without devil worship. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of bad juju already. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I have heard stories of people saying that there's that well has been filled at some point or another with carcasses. So people wandered by it and it was open. It used to just have like a wooden lid on it. It was like a big circular well that's probably a meter by a meter. Like it's a meter wide kind okay. of thing. And it, it didn't actually have the wood still on it when I had seen it and it was still open, but it was like this wooden lid that was just kind of flat with a couple holes in it and you could like pull it out right. off. And inside, people are like, yeah, it's been full of dead animals. And I don't know if that's from, like, animal sacrifice or if it's actually just, like, things fell down the hole. Because, I mean, you it's a wooden trapped, lid, yeah. right? So I don't know. Um, since then, it's been filled in with concrete. Okay, so okay. when I was a kid, it wasn't. But at some point between me being, you know, 11 really and need a well? 17. It, the only it thing it really needs is for historic value. Well, and I think the problem was that it... it was such a danger because people were like messing around with it and like they kept taking the lid off and leaving it off kind of thing so it just originally they they had it boarded up but it just kept getting opened so it wasn't really useful i've heard that children have fallen into the well and being they've been trapped in the well before so i mean sad but let's go get lassie i was actually thinking more of the simpsons episode what when bart falls into the well (laughs) Um, and then prior to everything, prior to any, you know, English people buying it or any reverends living on it, it was a sacred ritual soil for First Nations. Oh, okay. So it was sacred before that. No, that doesn't mean it was negative ground because, I mean, it's sacred. So they would, right. it, they would use it for positive things, but now not so much. Right. So now you can go onto the ground and it's creepy, especially at night. It's creepy. Um, you feel like if you walk through the forest and these are things that like I'm like making lists of things that I know before I like go back and do research on it so I personally have walked through the forest a bunch of times and like you walk through forest like we walked through one this morning coming out of camping right okay you didn't feel that many spider webs (laughs) you might get one in the face that's normal it was more of the mosquitoes that I got in the face this is like it doesn't matter where you walk in that forest you constantly are wiping off your face because it constantly feels like there's spider webs and you never find any spider webs it just feels like there's spiders and if it's not your face it's on your arms like i'm telling you it's crazy like it's the weirdest feeling you feel it in places that have clothing on oh wow spider webs and you shouldn't feel spider webs on places that have clothes no absolutely not it's messed up um there's shadow figures on the ground so if shadow you're- shadow figures okay yes so you'll be in one area and then you'll turn around and you'll catch something just kind of out of the corner of your eye it's bright daytime i'm it this isn't at night like you don't spend a lot of time there at night because it's just too creepy you can't okay and it's a park you're not supposed to but even during the day you just catch shadows in random places um if you take pictures sometimes you'll get a mist or a fog in the picture Mm -hmm. which obviously is a spirit right there's orbs all the time day night doesn't matter they come out more frequently at night they're more obvious at night but you get orbs a lot in pictures there um and a lot of people are like oh it's from the road well the road is like 
kind of far away. So unless somebody's sitting in the parking lot with your high beams on, yeah, you're really not going to get an orb in a picture. Um, constantly, I mean, you are in a forest full of animals. It's it's a forest, but you get branches, um, twigs, trees moving and shaking. Um, they snap for no reason. Like you'll just get branches, but there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. It just things are snapping around you, which is kind of creepy. You'll get full blown humanoid figures, like. And these are things shapes. that you have. No, we're into stuff I have. I've never seen a figure there. Okay. But you'll get like a, a full blown human figure. Okay. You can feel buzzy, like you know what I mean. Like you walk into a place and you're like, "Wow, something's going on." I do not have sensitivity at all. I don't feel things sensitively. You walk in there and you buzz. Your body just feels like it's buzzing. Because it just wow. is the energy that you can feel there. And that's, again, that's something you have. Ener- yeah, energy for sure. Like I, every time I've been there, it's it's not an accident that I go back. Like it just feels, it's so vibrant. The whole area is just alive and moving. And and you go in and your skin tingles because it's so full of energy. Huh. It's crazy. Like static electricity almost. You know when the oh, air yes. is super full of static electricity? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what it feels like, but constantly it never stops. I've never felt it not feel like that. There is a cool story I found at the gatehouse, which is kind of on the way in, right? Right, I remember the gatehouse, right. yes. So it's still a full building with a door and windows and it has a roof and it's actually kept up. Like it's been repaired over time because it's still being used. Okay. So inside of that is kind of like an older museum kind of space right sure so they have like a lot of history on the area a lot a lot of history on the people that have owned the house prior so in that gatehouse before it was kind of a museum a teenager went in and he pretended to hang himself in the gatehouse his friends were all there he was trying to play like with his friends like try to like throw them off and make a joke out of it and so an old man um he saw the old man once his head was kind of in the noose, like he had a chair set up and stuff. So all of a sudden this old man comes into the gatehouse and then he said, well, you can take my place. Then the old man says to the kid and then he kicks the chair out from underneath the teenager and the kid was now hanging from a rope that he hadn't actually planned to do. He was just making a joke out of it. And then the old man buggered off. His friends came in very shortly after while this kid is, you know, struggling to not die in this rope. Right. And they happened to, you know, pick him up so that he was not dying and cut him down. And his friends never saw an old man. So just this ghost showed up and tried to hang a kid. Yeah, which is kind of messed up and kind of that one's mean. Like that the one. other ones are kind of like, oh, that's sad. Like unrequited love. Like this that's one, sad. yeah, this one he's just that one being... was just plain mean. <laughs> Doing murder somebody because he's jealous because he's still alive. Um, so it's consistent that people see uh William Black walking with his rope in his hand, who and he's looking for the girl. Right. Um, they also have seen William Black swaying in a tree, which is, I think, where that tree one, the tree story comes from. Maybe. That's the one that I grew up on is that he hung himself from a willow tree. Okay. In the yard. And there is willow trees in the yard. <laughs> but not at an actual barn. Not the barn. I Yeah, I heard the willow trees before and then all the stories I could find are pretty much in a barn. He uh-huh. hung himself in the barn because he was a coachman, so that's where he would have worked. Right, okay. 
Um, but now you can see him hanging from a tree. And that's, I've heard that before. I've heard people say that before. He, he, we don't know what he did, but he just goes with the myth, whatever he, you yeah, think. Yeah, he just shows up the way you want to see him. Um, I don't want to disappoint my fans. One thing that a lot of people know is the animals don't really come onto the yard itself. Like the oh. hermitage is like a cleared yard, right? I don't disagree with this. I've never seen animals in that yard. Usually you see like chipmunks and squirrels and stuff. Like there's a ton of squirrels in Ontario and there's a ton of squirrels in the forest there. But the yard itself, I don't know that I've ever seen any animals in that yard. Unless you're bringing your dog with you. I don't know that I've seen any animals. I think I definitely need to... Spend more time in the hermitage? Yes. Yeah, it's messed up. Um, one of the things you'll hear all the time is footsteps. They'll almost consistently be behind or like to the sides of you, never in front of you. They're always like chasing you or walking with you. And they're never like beside you directly, like you could reach out and touch, but like just far enough away in the trees mm-hmm. that it's creepy. <laughs> oh. Okay. And I have felt that before where i'm coming out of the hermitage and somebody's chasing me like i've sprinted out of the hermitage they're prior. just escorting you out they're like okay you get get out get out you're done okay. go 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 night is coming we want thank a party you. thank you yes which is gonna segue into my next one so a lot of the time you'll get lights or noises of a party so there's like stories of people walking down to visit the hermitage at night to do like ghost things mm-hmm. and they think there's a party going on like there's kids down there messing around because there's lights and a party and a full-blown like screaming and laughter and clinking drinks and stuff and then they get down there and everything's dead silent because wow. you walk like down a path right to get there like a, a roadway to get to the actual hermitage building mm-hmm. so that's happened so i can't imagine being like getting there and being like thanks guys like you put it all away like yeah. you knew i was coming yeah jerks <laughs> I just got the invite. Yeah. And now the party's over. Exactly. You're not invited to my after, after party. Um, Another thing that comes up is sometimes people see a huge fire and an actual building. So people, a lot of people who don't know that it's been ruins, they'll go down there and they'll see a building on fire. And so they'll get like 911 calls that are like, there's a fire, there's buildings on fire. It's a lot of fire. It's on fire. And then they get down there and then it's ruins that have been ruins right. for like a hundred years I'm... Huh. almost think... almost a hundred years like 90 years the other things you can see so there's you can hear crying you can hear who doesn't enjoy a nice cry once in a while <laughs> you can see the whole house the whole stone mansion that you used to see before um and they think that it's alma Ms. Ms. alma the that you know dick lauder okay um that's doing it they think that she's like trying to relive the days of the old house she didn't want to let it go in life and she doesn't want to let it go in death so they think she is projecting the images so that she can't they're not done right she wants everybody to enjoy that house um which is a very positive thing at least um you can also hear women talking but you can't hear quite what's being said um a lot of the time you see a female ghost and it's reputed to be mrs dick lauder ms dick lauder who loved the land so much she wouldn't leave and i mean that's awesome no no fire no destruction of her home nothing would basically make her leave not even death yeah yeah um sounds there's always ghost walks there tours and paranormal investigators like it's just somewhere that's so 
consistently busy and full of paranormal experiences that there's always people there if there's not paranormal investigators or tours there they have random teenagers will just be there and a lot of the time they're drinking and doing stupid stuff but sometimes they're cool kids okay um you can visit just by regular hike you just pay your standard park user fees when you park in the parking lot and then you can walk in and then there's a bunch of trails behind there that are all kind of laid out and taken care of maintained by um hamilton conservation and it's a part of the bruce trail actually goes through there which is a trail that's quite extensive in ontario and i think part of the world or part of canada part of canada yeah uh creepy canada which was a tv show from when i was a kid a very Mm -hmm. young kid they actually did a portion on it so there's a bit of a story there um if you go um be respectful of the ruins because they're super easy to damage because they've been crumbling for 90 years um after the fire and they're very expensive to repair um and hard to repair like it's it takes a stonemason to rebuild portions of that house and and they had to they spent 160 no sorry sixty thousand dollars in 2016 to just stabilize the walls Right. So that it would remain right. as a historical place in the future for all people to mm-hmm. be able to see. Um, it is also closed at dusk. So your sacrificial summoning rites have to be done by like <laughs> 9 p.m. Um, <laughs> I would like to point out that the woods has a lot of animals in the area surrounding, including things like wolves and skunks and possums and porcupines and chipmunks and raccoons. Um the pathways there are usually fewer animals but but the forests are pretty bad for animals there not bad it's good if you like seeing animals i've never seen deer there but i suspect there are probably because you can always find deer droppings um there was another paranormal paranormal group that have done a video on it it's called they're called the girly ghost hunters it was season one episode 13 and they use a ouija board in the the gatehouse where they're like mm-hmm. prepping everything because of course who wouldn't want to use a ouija board in a well-known haunted area try to find the old man i did well they weren't playing with any nooses so that's good um so the ouija board planchette it like kind of moves really hard and then they ask like where somebody is right now and it like goes off the board and it like goes onto the glass that they're doing it on and like it's a land form underneath of them is like okay. the whole land and what it used to look like oh so yeah. like a map maybe so well they're doing the ouija board on top of a map and then the planchette goes off and it like follows and like stops at a place on the lands so they ended up like investigating that area um they were like hearing things and seeing things there was a lot of footsteps and like random noises from outside um their batteries died like super super fast as well so i mean it, it's definitely a place that's been investigated mm-hmm but with that much stuff going on and that much story behind it, it's somewhere that I certainly in my lifetime, I always believed it was haunted. I still today, I believe it's haunted. It just feels sure. like it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I, you know what? I, I, again, I don't have, I don't have any sensitivity regarding that, but I did feel like maybe it is, it does hold a sort of historical eeriness yeah that's a good way to put it historical eeriness and that tingly feeling you get anyway so that's the hermitage in ancaster ontario well that that's actually interesting next time we do go back to ontario to visit family i think i want to stop by yeah i want to do that again and maybe at night i mean it's illegal but okay well before curfew 
Yeah, before curfew. <laughs> so what have you got to do? So mine's going to be not as long as yours. Sorry, it's, mine are always long. It's okay. I like to get into the short stories. I like, I like these little cute stories. Well, this one isn't so cute, but this one actually has a short history. Um, this is the Todd House. Um, John Todd was a fur trader uh, for most of his life, born in Scotland, but he immigrated in Canada in 1811 as an employee of the Hudson Bay Company. Really? Yes. He came into Vancouver Island looking for a place to settle where most uh, homesteaders on Vancouver Island were the Hudson Bay Company, men who rewarded their service. They got houses. Um, like the Hudson Bay Company gave them the houses? Yes. Oh, sweet. Yes. And this house is still standing, and it was uh, the island was a rough place and time, inha- inhabited by colonies, future uh, fortune seekers, and First Nation people. Uh, when the fort was founded, uh, officials declared it it was uh, to be to serve as one purpose. Borders were still being in flux, following America's independence from the British Empire. So John Todd. Uh, Todd was married uh, more than once, and but he settled in Victoria, and he already had several several children. He arrived at Fort Victoria with Sophia Lolo, a woman with mixed uh, First Nations an- ancestry. She is believed to give him more than seven children, and they lived and were married in 1863. When the Todd House was first built in the 1850s, only a few hundred white settlers in the Victoria area, a lot were coal miners. At the north end of the island, at the Fort Rupert, and handful of settlers elsewhere. The house, now the oldest standing house in the British Columbia, was built facing the Chatham Islands. So upon his arrival, Todd... uh, he was he was considered to be a vulgar and not generally liked. Um, so they lived there, but there were already people living there. So they came after everybody had already lived there. Yes, there was already settlers there. And the, the settlers Hudson. were like half Hudson Bay and half coal miner. Coal miners, uh, First Nations. So there, it was mixed. And where did he get his wife from? Well, he he married a First Nation. He married from the area, from or the like area. picked her up somewhere else from the area. Okay. Before his death, uh, he Todd was openly involved with the spiritualist movement, a practice uh, commonly allowed to communicate with the dead. Wow, where have we heard that before, Becca Her Church? <laughs> and uh, and he was known to participate in seances. Yep. Reports of the Todd House was uh, being haunted is, begins early as 1920s. Uh, it's a low, it's a one-story structure and. Yeah. By the late 1940s, many people have witnessed activity in the building that's um, of um, activity of moving. um. By the late 1940s, many people have witnessed activities in the building that uh, several newspapers reported as being haunted. Um, The newspaper reported unexplained activities such as cabinets opening doors on its own objects moving and the biscuit barrel being suspended on a hook that would sometimes swing for hours a biscuit barrel yeah a biscuit like barrel. they put biscuits they have enough biscuits to have a barrel for them 
Excuse me, can I go back to the 1920s maybe, where or, they have biscuit barrels? Or maybe please? it was just a very drafty house and just just back and forth. Maybe, but open window. Maybe I don't care. I don't care if it's swinging on a hook. I want a barrel of biscuits. Uh, during one Christmas season, all the decor, uh, decorative holly on the walls was taken down and thrown in the middle of the uh, room. The cellar door has been seen opening by itself by several witnesses. I wonder if spiritualists don't do Christmas then. <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's like this is an affront to my own religion. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus not was not born on Christmas Day. <laughs> A really, really Puritan Puritan. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um. The cellar door was seen opening. Uh, Miss Turner would uh, later claim that she would wake up in the middle of the night with a feeling that someone was in the room with her. Additionally, her cat would sometimes hiss, growl, and arch its back for no reason. Uh, Miss Turner would also f- felt that someone was walking behind her. Maybe she went to the hermitage as well. In the ghost <laughs> following her. No, uh, completely different sides of the world are in Canada pretty well she would later say that neither that neither she nor her daughter would spend the night in the master bedroom alone as they gave them unsettling feelings uh, uh a lieutenant colonel tc evans and his wife also purchased the house in 1940s uh mr evans would told the paper that he was never much disturbed by the manifestations during the war, a couple have gotten into the habit of using the house as uh, a personnel to stay during the weekend of uh, weekend leaves, and even even those the men would be put into the old master bedroom for the night. Uh, in the morning, the room was empty. These guys would up and leave because of the stuff they would hear. Um, the servicemen returned and spoke of the horrific nights. <laughs> Most startling of all, one of the men actually have heard sound of rattling chains rattling chains half asleep the guest peered into the darkness of the master bedroom uh hard eyes glared out the at the inky blackness uh bedraggled woman stood in the shadows tangled hair twisted across her face and down her shoulders her arms slowly reached out toward and curling grass fingers that reached out for them with iron bands around her wrists and ankles. So there's your chains. A figure of a First Nations, uh, a lady of First Nations. Her eyes were sad um, as she reached for him closer to the mouth, uh, trying to form words that he could not hear, and then all of a sudden she was gone. Um, so when the guests grabbed their belongings and fled, the other man was just terrified following behind them. It uh, is not known if uh, he saw the apparition as well, but uh, if one of his his servicemen fled the house for a reason, <laughs> you can damn well be sure that he would fall after, right? Mr. Evans, later on in 1947, uh, hired a contractor to help him with some much-needed renovations. One of the projects was the addition of a furnace uh, near the front en- front front entrance of the house. While digging up the deep pit of equipment, or deep for the equipment, the contractors came across a corpse of a woman in chains. She was believed to be um, 
to be have been one of John John Todd's wives. The newspapers uh, called an anatomist and said the body has been soaked in lime. The most terrible thing of all, the woman's head was missing. It was determined that the body was likely an Asian woman or some uh, someone of First Nations descent. It was it's hard to. Um, for sure her bones were sadly decomposed as they crumbled as they were touched um and after they had removed the body um the activity of the house ceased to exist or it ceased like i said earlier i had a friend who told me about this house and that i should do research on it yeah and uh the house itself now is uh much it's still standing, but it's much different from the houses next to it on the street. It's in Vancouver Island. And yeah, it's an interesting piece of heritage. And it's glad to see that uh, it has actually has a happier ending now that, you know, um, activities cease to eat. That's gross. Why? You want the house to continue with that? No, it's gross that someone would do that. Chain a woman down in the downstairs and wreck her in yeah um what happened to the body after it was located was yeah it... nothing there was no research I, I i actually did look at that try to find that and there was there said to be nothing there was no extra information given um so if by any chance i hope that it was properly um buried and hopefully, but they say it is his wife. Could it be? Could it not be? We don't know. Nothing. Just some random other woman buried and chained in the Possibly. basement? Possibly. He did have few wives and a lot of children. So. Oh, okay. So what's worse? Like a wife in the basement or a child in the basement? Yeah. It was a grown adult skeleton though, right? Yes. So. Um, yeah. It's good that the the activity has stopped and everything's sort of order um it is one of the buildings i do intend to see, uh try to visit at least because we're not going but actually just you know what dual drive or uh, street by what walk. is the building now it's a house people still live in it Yep. people know it's a heritage house story yeah. and they still live in it oh. it's a heritage house like a museum or a heritage house like somebody actually lives in it i think someone lives in it okay that's fair uh, and that's what I got. It's, it, short and sweet. And I think that she'll do it for this episode. Uh, Amy, where can we find us? Where can you get find us on different? Just about everywhere at this point. You can find us on Instagram. We are at Whispers Pod. Uh, Stitcher, we're Norwestern Whispers. Um, we're on Facebook. If you type in Norwestern Whispers, it comes up. Or at Norwestern Whispers. Um, Twitter, we're Whispers Pod. And we're on Buzzsprout at Norwestern Whispers or Whispers Pod, one or the other as well. So basically, it's Norwestern Whispers or at Whispers Pod. Try either. <laughs> Except for our Gmail, which is very specifically Norwestern Whispers at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or comments, please send us emails. We'll be happy to answer them on air. If you have stories, we would definitely love to hear them. Let us know. 
if you have a story about one or the other of our stories or even past stories we'd love to hear them and and sign it, off as who you'd like to be signed off as in the reading because if you want to be anonymous just let us know we will keep that anonymous i know most people don't want people to think they're nuts but i i like i said i'm kind of excited about this next one because that okay. um like you said there was back your story today was somewhere close back to home while well, mine is close to home too um you know what i'm gonna tell you the dundurn castle oh that's a sweet one there's so much stuff that goes on at the dundurn castle there's, and i have done a few walks in dundurn castle and i actually am kind of ex- i haven't experienced anything personally myself but i do know a lot of stories there very cool yes so i'll, I'll give you that little uh um cliffhanger at the end to tell you where <laughs> i'm what the next so if maybe if you have any stories personally of the Dundurn Castle, I would love to hear them. What you have, what is your stories? I want to hear them. <laughs> so that's episode three of Norwestern Whispers. Always remember to listen to that little whisper in your ear. Good night.